Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Steve A.G. And um, once again, we have a flashback episode of Uh... Sorry to do this to you again. Uh, last week we didn't even have an episode, um, so I, I apologize for that as well. Uh, what can I say? It's the holidays still. We made it through Thanksgiving, and um, a lot of my friends are out of town. Um, people who I would love to have on the podcast and who I've asked who said yes, but are just out of town for the holidays. Um, also, I, I just have this thing where I, I hate asking my friends for favors. Like, I'll ask them, hey, will you do my podcast? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. How about next week? Oh, I can't do it next week. And then then they'll say, you know, maybe uh, the week after or sooner. And then I, I just i am bad at following up because I don't want to be the guy that, that bugs them. <sighs> I'm, I'm bad at this. I'm really bad. But uh, this flashback episode is a good one. Uh, it uh, features my friend Rob Schraub, the man with the rhyming name. Rob, um, for you comic book nerds, was the creator of a comic book in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, in the 90s. Called Scud the Dips... <laughs> My mouth isn't working. It was called Scud the Disposable Assassin. And, uh, which is actually the comic book that got Rob to move out to L.A. It's the reason Rob came out to L.A. was because of that comic book. I'm not going to get into that because we talk about it in the podcast, but this is a funny podcast because Rob's the only other person I know who's as neurotic as I am. Uh, as far as death is concerned and illness and uh, <laughs> we talk a lot about uh, our, own, our own mortality and both of our horrifying aversions to anything poop or butthole related um, so uh, if you're squeamish you know, just know that that's a, a part of the podcast, but you, you're hearing it from two people who are equally as squeamish. Uh, I think it's funny. Anyway, um, I'm going to keep this short and we're going to get right into the episode and, um, I hope everyone's having a good holiday season. Um, I'm just glad it's almost over. Christmas is in a week. And uh, after that, things will get better, right? Jesus, I hope so. And I'll have some new, uh, I'll some new episodes. I promise. I'm recording some people this week because Dustin, our producer at Feral Audio, is going to be out of town, so we're, we're trying to record a bunch of stuff. 
uh, to release while he's gone. So um, I've got some stuff lined up. <laughs> I promise. All right. Uh, enjoy this episode. And um, that's it. Thanks for listening. <coughs> I'm going to fucking shoot. <laughs> Worst thing ever. When was the last time you threw up? 23 years ago. Really? Yeah. When was the last time you threw up? Last time I threw up was. We're recording, by the way. Fry that chicken. Fry that chicken? Fry that oh, chicken. Oh, New, New Year's Eve? Year's. I got so fucking drunk uh, at Mike Tillian's house. Yeah. I just decided I'm going to have a good time. And Fry That Chicken came on and. I kept drinking and drinking and drinking, and then I got sick, and I locked myself in the bathroom, and I, oh, yeah. and I puked, and people were knocking on the door. I remember that. And, and and Kate freaked out because I wasn't answering because I was throwing up and I was embarrassed. <laughs> and then I and then I sat there for a while and I was I was like, oh god, I'm glad I threw up. I don't I don't, I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> God, I gotta take a shit. Oh, really? So, so I, 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 I sit up and I take a shit where I just threw up. <laughs> I'm shitting and I'm shitting. And meanwhile, outside, Kate was freaking out, thinking that I was choking on my own vomit. And Ben Page, uh, like, Jimmy's the lock on the bathroom door and opens it and like all these people kind of almost fall Surprise. in and I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm going I'm taking a shit and they all went Ooh. I went back and that was my New Year's and then I remember then, that yeah, yeah I was there that was like six years ago yeah and that was the last <laughs> time I threw up it. but before before that I don't think I threw up for probably oh man Pro- well, probably like about another six years. Yeah, it's been 23 years for me. I hate throwing up. I don't even remember what it's like. I just remember it's... I'm In my life, I've maybe that I know of that I remember... I take that back. Actually, times. I think I forced myself to puke because um, I took some... Somebody, somebody gave me some... I don't know what it was. Like, maybe I got a... I, I got some like... Adderall or whatever, but it was like a capsule form or something like that. And Ugh. I heard, like, oh, you do this, a little concentrator or whatever. I took it and it was way too high of a dose. And I was like hallucinating <laughs> and freaking out and not happy with the situation at yeah. all. And, and I just, and I, I just, I said, Kate, you got to help me throw up. I don't know. And she said, this is what you do. You get a spoon, and you, and then I'm just like puking it. A all spoon? Up. What do you do? Put the spoon down your throat? How did How did you do? Yeah, yeah. You gag yourself with it, like I. But gag you know, me with a spoon. Oh exactly. my god, that is where that comes from. Yeah. So I took a spoon. I guess I didn't understand it because I was like, "Do you hold the spoon and you stick it down your throat? No, you flip it around. Use the skinny use the, end. The skinny end to do it. It's easier to hold on to it, and you can really get that." Ugh, I'm gonna start gagging. Know, thinking I, about that, and then I threw it up, but it was too late. The whole, all of it was in my system, and I just had to ride it out. Oh, it's it was fucking worse. Worse. It's the worst when you're on any kind of thing that you did to yourself, and you go, oh, "That was stupid. I wanna, I wanted to, I wanted to end." For those of you uh, who don't know, I'm joined by Rob Schraub, co-creator and director of the Sarah Silverman program, and writer. 
and creator of the comic book Scud. The Disposable Assassin. The Disposable Assassin, who has a new book coming out called But I Can't Do Anything Else, The Art of Rob Schraub. Hi, yes. Rob. Hello, Steve. It's good, to, it's good to be back, and it's good to start off with I'm, a good good yarn about yakking. Puking. That's, uh, yeah, I have a horrible aversion to puking. I think about it every day, but I haven't done it in 23 years. I... I hate it because it's one of the most unpleasant things that you can do to yourself. Yeah. And the carrot dangling at the end of that is you'll feel so much better once you do it. But you're going to be in absolute hell for a few minutes for, while for, you're doing Yeah. It. And it's just going to make you, uh, it's just terrible. And you kids out there that are drinking and you think it's all fun and games and stuff just like wait. that. Wait till like one time where you like throw up coffee grounds and bile and you'll you'll be like uh, I'm never gonna want to ever do this to myself again I think that's me I mean like I'll drink and I like getting buzzed yeah but I don't I will know when to stop yeah I mean there's some people that just go no no more more yeah, more I don't more. get I, that I, I go if I drink another drink, I'm going to feel sick. I'm going to have the worst day ever tomorrow. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. I don't even drink. I stopped like a year. I talked about this on my last podcast a little bit, but like mm-hmm. I stopped drinking like a year ago because I would only drink like socially one or two beers, but still feel shitty the next yeah. day. And I'm like, what's drink, the point? I don't drink socially at all. I only drink by myself in the dark in the morning. In the morning? In the That's morning. fucking crazy, dude. So thanks for coming in. All right. Well, anyway, what comes out? No. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm just gonna have horrible throw up. No, I don't. It. I don't. I, I. I'm not a big drinker at all. You know, I'm not a big. Uh, You're not a big uh, vice person. You don't have other than pornography and yeah. and sleeping and scratching my arm. Scratching your arm. I I usually have like a a nervous itch. A nervous itch, like you know, it used to be my knees, but then it went to my arm. So like, I'll scratch my arm. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Uh, I I, I'm pretty secretive about. it. Are you aware of it when you're doing it, or is it? Yeah, I know that I'm just like I better stop, or I'm gonna. It it just because it gets. I'll be bleeding soon. Yeah, but it's like that. That (laughs) that. That nervous tension of you know when you get like an inch and you scratch it how good it feels oh yeah if especially like if it's your back or, or something yeah, like yeah. that like I'll I'll like when I get stressed out I'll start scratching my arm for that kind of relief yeah and then, and yeah. it's like cut, it's a form of cutting basically no I don't think it's that bad people are gonna think yeah I'm I think it's that psycho. bad well you are psycho I love have talking to Rob because you are just as psychotic as I am. Like, Rob came over and we got, like, some hamburgers before we did this. And so fucking good. Talked about Rob's MRI. and Oh, yeah. I, I just had an MRI, <laughs> which I don't even know what that stands for. Do you know what it stands for? Multi-risk risk inflation. inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I never... I have a... Okay, since uh, I, I was I was working on Children's Hospital, and these yeah. these these health issues are not. Rob related. directed some episodes of Children's Hospital. Yes, five episodes of the new upcoming season, which comes out, I believe, very soon. Very soon in mm, June. 
I think sooner than that. Yeah. But anyway, it's a great season, and it's such a fucking hilarious show, and everybody on it is an absolute superstar, and I, and yeah. I had such a great time. Good but bunch like, of people. Ha- like, halfway through, I started getting a ringing in my ear, um, and then I went to see uh, an ear doctor, and my doc- ear doctor goes, well, that's pretty strange. That's only happening in one ear. You know, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm afraid... Uh, afraid you're not going to like this, but... I'm gonna have to schedule an MRI to see what's going on in in there, like inside my head. Yeah, you yeah. gotta change doctors. He sounds do- terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I want to look at your butthole after you get back with me from oh, the MRI. Oh, I got a story. I this is a story of a doctor that I stopped going to after this. Okay. Okay. You know, you know, I have a love hate relationship with my asshole, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I can't believe my first I haven't done a podcast in like months because right. I was having RSS problems. Right. My first one back yes 2 days ago with Brody Stevens. He shit his pants while he was here. And Why? so we talked we Was talked he laughing to, that hard? No, he just went to fart and shit his pants. Oh, I've done that so many times. And uh so we had yeah, a lot you know, of when you get to our age you go, "Eh, fuck it." You we know. had a lot of butthole talk and he was talking about how now he uses baby wipes. Which I do too. I think they're great. I don't anymore. I used to swear by them. Really, you don't. But I think they're okay. I don't use them instead of toilet paper. I use them to finish up after toilet paper. Well, I got the bronzel swashed, which is the uh, the 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 super super toilet seat that squirts. Oh yeah, yeah. Water it's basically up, a bidet. Yeah, warm water up your butthole, which is yeah. fucking. You know, after you shit in that, you're like. I'll never shit anywhere else ever again. Are you like you shit at somebody else's house? It's like now what? Caveman? What the hell? Yeah, you want to wash your butt in their sink? Exactly, which you know happens. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, like before uh, I got the Brondel swash, like I would just, I would. We've talked about this. We've talked about the this. Brondel swash the Brondel sounds like swash a 6, horrible 000. sex. Like <laughs> I got the Brondel swash. Yeah, yeah. No, I got it from Sarah. Sarah Silverman had the yep. Brondel swash. She still has one. And and I and I I said I've got to get this. But anyway, I I would when I would shit, it would be like painful and hurting and I would wipe my ass I'm, I'm apologizing this is just it's alright listen just, this I had a, fast forward half of an episode last okay. episode was the but same kind I of shit I would be bleeding and I was just like oh my god I seriously have colon cancer I yeah. have colon fucking cancer yeah this is God's joke and I'm the punchline yeah. I am going to, because I I hate taking sh- shits so much that this is this is the it. worst. Yeah, yeah, I hate taking it. If I there was a pill too. to take that you would just pee out everything, I would take it. Listen, I've had this conversation where, I, like, if I was like, if you could do it with one bodily function, that includes puking. Like, I would still give up shitting. Over I would puking. give up shitting. It's a fucking messy, disgusting thing that dogs yeah. do. Yeah. When you see a dog taking a shit, especially a big dog taking a shit, uh, it looks yeah. like a man in a fur costume <laughs> taking a shit. <laughs> There's, you're never in a more humbled, humiliating position you than when you're taking no a shit. You are no better than your pet when you are taking a shit. Anyway, so I'm worried about this. I go to my lame-ass doctor who sucks, who I don't go to anymore yeah. because of this conversation. And I you know, I tell him, I go, I think there's something wrong. And he, and he goes, 
all right, well, let me take a look. And he's like this old whatever, you know, guy. You know, the accent's there just for color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh, great. I'm like anybody. I don't want to show my asshole. So yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I take off my pants and I, I, I'm kneeling on... I'm not kneeling. I'm on all fours on like the table, and he looks at my ass <laughs> on all fours. And on he the goes, table. And, and, and I look at my. He looks at my ass, and he goes, "Oh, what did you do? What?" And I and a and, doctor and, said and that. A doctor says that to you, and I go, "I don't. Oh, I don't Jesus know. I didn't do Christ. anything. I just. I. Uh, you know. I mean, like I. You know. I uh, when I wipe, I. I try to." Do Get a good job, you know. Maybe I'm overdoing it, and because uh, you know, I I just don't like that feeling of walking around with just a, a smidge of yeah. of turd in your. In you your have the uh, more of an aversion than I do, and yeah. I, I have a really bad one. I just I hate it. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, well, you know, this is, this is, you know he says, you, there's nothing wrong with you. You just you take some hemorrhoid medicine, and, you know. and I'm talking to him, but I'm looking. Between like, your legs. Between my legs with my fucking sack. Like, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the front of it. And um, oh, and he subpre- subscribes like this, like hemorrhoid medicine or whatever like that. And and while we're talking, while we're talking, he goes, you know, we do Botox. He just I'm out like, of nowhere. What? <laughs> I'm like, is it that bad back there? Do I, does my... <laughs> Does my asshole have crow's feet? What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I need Botox. And he's like, okay. I put my pants on, and then he 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 taps my head. And for those of you who don't know what I look like, I'm bald. And he goes, you need you need implants on your head. Yeah, and I go, what? What are you talking about? He goes, you know, hair plugs. You need you need some hair plugs. And I'm like. I don't need fucking hair plugs. Uh, and I go, I like the way I look. And he goes, uh, I go, oh, my friends think I look great. My girlfriend thinks I'm great. He goes, oh, your friends? You mean your enemies? What like, the fuck? What? what? What are you talking about? What you? And he goes, and he sits me down and he goes, let me tell you something. Eat what you want, but dress how others Ugh. Want you to look, Ugh, and I'm like, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" And 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 he's like saying, "You would look so much better." And I go, "I'm really happy the way I look. I don't need this." Is a dude that's hard selling you like they do in a cell phone store or yeah. something, or it's like it's like you're a, you, I at a car it dealership. To a car dealership, or when you're you're at a movie theater and you ask for popcorn to go. You want any juju beans with that? You want a you want a large coke? And yeah, they're upselling. They're trying to upsell, and I'm like, this is not somebody I want to trust with my health. And I fucking went, I am done here, and I left. Yeah. And then I went to this other doctor that said, you need an MRI. Because of the ringing in your ears. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I forgot we're. This is. I know. Because I, of your I, MRI. I'm terrible at trailing off when it, <laughs> No, this is. So, so anyway, so anyway, I, uh, you've never had an MRI, right? You've had a CT scan, but not an MRI. Uh, well, I had an MRI where it's you. You get in, and I'm not claustrophobic at all, but it it 
it suddenly became very real yeah. what I was doing. You were doing a test to see if, if there is die. a octopus growing in your head. <laughs> and they <laughs> might octopus. have to cut open your scalp and saw your head open and dig out the fucking goop that's going to kill you if you don't do this horrible thing. And that just freaked me out. Yeah, they don't do these tests just for the hell of it. No, no. And, and... And ninety nine point nine percent, you know, these they come back are like, oh, you're fine, don't worry about it. And yeah. I'm in, I'm, I'm in pretty decent health. Yeah. But, but it, it also started to go, you know, like I'm forty one years old. Yeah. If I'm lucky, half my life is over. Oh, if I'm Jesus lucky, Christ. let's start talking to this. Yeah. And I go, uh. The likelihood of me having some kind of major surgery before I die, unless I get hit by a car tomorrow, (laughs) you know, is is likely, you know, is likely, you know, like both my grandfathers had uh, a huge centipede that just crawled underneath. What? Yeah. Right there. Look. Look at it. Ah. Ah. Uh, It's one centipede that doesn't. uh, doesn't it's need. Still it's still twitching. It's, it's still dead. begging right. for life. It's dead. All right, let's move it. on. No, no, I don't, I don't even want. You're, with your I, God, that fuck. was a that was just an uh, an omen or whatever. Like that that was a precursor to something. We're talking about death, and then a big ass bug crawls across across my floor, and, and I then kill you it. killed it. <laughs> and it started twitching, Shit. begging for life. Oh fuck! But uh, you know, it just it freaked me out. Like holy shit. I mean, in the next like twenty years, I could I could have open heart surgery, and that fucking scares the shit out of me too. Yeah. Oh God. Because I I mean forty one. I've never. Have you had any surgery ever? Surgery? Any? Any surgery? Yeah, yeah. But when I was younger, I had uh, my appendix taken out. I um, you know. What was that like? It was horrible. But that was I was eighteen. That was back before. You knew you were going to die. No, that was before. <laughs> no, I was well aware of my mortality at eighteen. This was before non-invasive surgery. This was like they had to cut through muscle Ugh. and like like I have a big scar on my abdomen now. Like when JD Riznar had his appendix out, it was like a little tiny cut, and they put a little scope through that's like the size of a you know rubber band and this did and take it out and you're out the same day maybe that's what they'll do to me instead of cutting my head open yeah they're going through your fucking frankenstein (laughs) they'll put one of those Uh, wrath of khan bugs in your ear please so what what was the uh ringing in your ear I don't know yet. Uh, I uh, they're going to look at the tests. Yeah, I did two versions of the test. I did one with and one one with ink and one without. Oh yeah, they inject ink into you. They inject ink in into your into your body, which isn't bad. I mean, when I heard about it, I was like, they're going to inject ink into my head. Does that mean they're going to stick a needle in my ear or my? No, it's just it's not that this the injection is is less freaky and but it's into your bloodstream right yeah it's like giving blood but how do you get rid of the ink you pee it out from your blood though (laughs) i don't know i think you just think it just absorbs into your (laughs) it's so (laughs) small but here's the thing they make you sign a piece of paper saying like if you are allergic and have an allergic reaction to the ink and die you won't sue us they make you sign that uh, Which fuck. freaks you the fuck out because it's just like, 
Um, well, obviously, somebody died from this in order to. Have yeah, the, a lot of yeah, people yeah, had yeah, to enough have. people. So you got that going on, but uh, it didn't. It didn't really. Um, it didn't do anything to me. I, I, it did make me kind of bummed out and depressed and sad all day long afterwards. <laughs> but you could have just. That's you that normally. Could have, it could have been me normally. So that's a Tuesday afternoon for you. Yes. Oh, uh, God. Do you still have the ringing? Yeah. Constantly. It goes up and down. Right Right now it's happening, but it's not as loud as it used to be. See, I have tinnitus, which is ringing in both ears yeah. from playing in a band for, you know, like yeah. eight years. Well, I, this also happened like right after I got a uh, a new headset for my iPhone. And I play my music really loud. Oh, that's not good. Uh, uh, and at the gym. And I do that. And I go to the gym every day. So I don't. And so I, I listen to it really loud. And I'm assuming that that had something to do with it, but it only happened in one of the ears. But it's probably just damage to one of your eardrums yeah. from that loud music. But they also fine. tell you, like, oh, you know, well, <laughs> if it's not brain cancer, it's if just, it's not brain if it's, cancer. If it's, just, if it's not just brain cancer, it's it's something we can't do anything with, and you're just gonna have to just live have with ringing. It. Yeah, but it goes up it's and down. It's really common, though. I. I don't know about ringing in one ear, but ringing in the ears is super common. Yeah, I looked it up, and it and people say, well, that could happen. Uh, the reason that it could happen is it's a tumor growing on your ear. Drum. Well, Danny Elfman stopped playing with Oingo Boingo because of that. He was didn't want to go deaf. I should talk to him about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him. I'll give him your number. So what the fuck? Jesus Christ! I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry that this is like such a sad. Whenever we talk, we're always talking about like, yeah, fuck. What are we gonna do now? Well, I try to be positive. I try to be a positive. It, you try and be positive, but it's harder to do the older you get. Like I talked to my dad the other day, and that's really depressing because <laughs> my dad's like 81, and he's like. <gasps> Uh, he's like, I'm sorry I call you so much all the time. It's just that uh, all my friends are dead or oh, dying. God. And so, like, all I have left is my kids. And I'm just like, Jesus that's, Christ. That's awful. I haven't had anybody close to me ever die before. I mean, I mean, like, I've had yeah. grandparents. Uh, like, both of my grandparents died in the last five years. And, you know, they were with me my my entire life but it, I never was not like super really close. really close to them you know I was closer with my mother's parents that are still alive than yeah. my father at least I connected to him emotionally more but I've never had like yeah. a friend of mine die or yeah. or something you know something like that you know which is going to happen one day and it's, it's weird I've had a couple like my roommate from high school died. He had a heart condition, heart condition, and he died. But he didn't die till like ten years after. Like I hadn't seen him in ten. Like I just heard, like, yeah, oh, you know, Dave died, and I'm like, Jesus oh, fucking sucks. Christ, he's younger than me. And then you know, like one of my good friends, like two of my good friends' brothers, both both died. And it's just really weird. You're like, ugh. Yeah. So it can. Just happened to anybody at any yeah, time. Yeah, you know? you, you, you're constantly walking around going, nah, it's never going to happen. But I, I'm always, in my head, I'm like, I want to be the guy that, like, is so aware of his mortality and then just says, fuck it, and goes out and, like, you know, rock climbs and drives his car fast. And then, but I'm the guy who won't leave his house because of that. 
Yeah, I'm. I've never been the guy that goes. I'm gonna run and live and go. I'm gonna see Egypt. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> jump around out of a building. I mean, that to me doesn't feel like yeah. life. To me, it, it's like I'm gonna smoke this bowl and watch these cartoons. No, no, no. I mean, there's definitely that. But my, I mean, like for me, life is. Living, just creating, being alive. Yeah, is, yeah. is like, I want to shoot a bunch of stuff. I want to write a bunch of stories. I want to draw a bunch of stuff. Like that to me is life, and uh, and 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 that's the the depressing thing when you're working in this, in for it as a living. That yeah, you're you're kind of because if I wasn't doing this as a living, if it was just a hobby, if I was just doing it for myself, I would just jump on to the next thing and just make it and go, hmm, that didn't really, wasn't my favorite, but let's move on to the next thing. Right. Whereas when you're doing it for a living, you're you're going, okay, uh, I don't have a job right now, but I got a bunch of pitches that I want to put together to to sell. You measure everything upon yeah, whether uh, it, and people going, are paying you yeah, for it. Yeah, and I go I'm going through that right now, you know, cuz yeah. I I I uh, I just got off a of children's hospital and I turned down like a, a big job yeah. because I wanted to work on my own yeah. development stuff and I have like like two categories. One that's, you know, sellable but I'm not passionate at all about and the other which is completely unsellable that I really, really want yeah. to do. And you kind of go back and forth. Well, that's the whole thing about this business is we get into it because we love it, but then we really, and we'll do anything we can just to pay our rent, but yeah. we want to get to that point where we can do what we want to do with it. Yeah. Like you want to write and direct your I wanna, own shit. Yeah, I want to. I want to be like, like you know, I want to be like Robert Rodriguez or Edgar Wright, or I want to be like you know any of those guys. You know that that yeah. look up Sam Raimi. You know those guys yeah. were the ones that made me want. You know Dan O'Bannon. I, I wanted to be like those guys. Yeah, and and it's it's hard because you know for ten years I was a writer wanting to be a director. And nobody was giving me a chance until Sarah said, no, I want Rob to direct yeah. the Sarah Silverman program. Yeah. And then I directed it and everybody was like, oh, my God, we had no idea. Yeah. And you you're like, it. yeah, because no one fucking would let me do exactly. it. Exactly. And then and now I'm finding it hard to get people to let me write. Yeah. And it's just like when you get people see you as one thing or another or they don't see you as both or they don't see you i think it's it's that they go well you're a good director but we can find a better if we get you with a a, a writer that's yeah. better than you then we can have like a really really good thing it's, i think with you all it will take is you writing one thing that you actually get to make you know and produce and then people will be like yeah, oh it, shit okay that's that's what I, and i believe that too it's just that convincing people you know like tim burton i believe said once like the hardest thing about directing is convincing people that you can do it you right. know it's convincing people that, and 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 he even said that's the thing that i'm the best at doing you know even more than directing is convincing people it's to convincing people that you know and I, I agree i think um there are so many directors that i've met and gone out and said Wow, how come you are constantly pitching stuff that is doesn't sound like the best idea in the world, but you right. can't stop 
selling pitches and yeah. it's all about attitude and it's all about well we should use that to get into your book oh yeah that's a perfect setup for yeah, your yeah, book yeah. but i can't do anything else which i i mean i've heard you talking about this and posting about it a lot on hold Facebook on one and second i'm gonna get another beer keep talking all right rob was talking and facebooking about his this new book that he has coming out called but i can't do anything else uh the art of rob Schraub, and i mean Rob's like a really good artist. And so I thought this was just going to be a book of your drawings and paintings. I didn't know until you just came over that this is a book of drawings and drawings that you did for pitches. Yeah. Um, a lot of those, there's, there's some in there that are just like doodles and stuff like on some of the sketchbook pages, but the majority of those were created while, you know, you know, I was working with, with Dan Harmon creator of community and co-creator of Sarah show and and also writer on some of the best episodes of Scud the Disposable Assassin episodes issues I'm a fucking nerd um, <laughs> but anyway you know like while we would be you know like working on these scripts I would be sketching in my sketchbook and I would be bouncing ideas off of Harmon I like oh I think the you know like the robot would look like this or maybe the monsters would look like this and but these are all photos based on shit you wanted to do for yeah. film or TV. Yeah, yeah. These were like what I would hope go, and you know, it would get people to visualize things. Sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't. And I highly suggest people go out and buy this shit because this fuck these drawings are incredible, dude. They're okay. Um, but that that was the other thing. You as soon as you told me that this was. It's a full bummer. of stuff for pitches. I was like, I have never seen or heard of half of these ideas that yeah. you've had. Yeah. But you've pitched all of them. I've yeah, I've pitched uh, I've pitched pretty much all of them. I'm thinking of like how many pitches do you think are in this book? Oh God, let's count them. Go to the front. Go to the okay. front. Go to the front. You can edit out all this if you. Want. No, no, okay. I don't edit. There's okay, uh, so this first drawing. That first drawing, which is like a blue robot holding up a um, battleship. A, a battleship for a gun and shooting it like a. It's a, a robot shotgun. using a battleship yeah, as a gun. Giant, like that's something that I oh to this day would go ah i really want to see that. that's sick man picture, that's awesome picture like some giant voltron robot holding a battleship and shooting another monster with it it's so badass um that uh that we that was an idea that i came up with for um uh we were working with jim henson's company like right away like around the same time we came out with monster house which was like 1998 and uh yeah rob and dan pitched monster house was their idea yeah that would that and that was our very first like thing that we ever pitched and sold you know yeah. it's crazy uh, and like yeah and monster house sat on the shelves for like about almost you know eight almost ten years yeah. and then it was they said well why don't we do it animated instead of <clears throat> live action and then it kind of took off yeah uh, but like, like this was we were trying to develop like this kind of a uh, little boy with a you know giant robot, uh, yeah. fights aliens kind of an Ultraman, but done by Jim Henson's company, which would have been awesome. I think amazing yeah. to see them doing creature stuff and robot stuff, all <clears throat> men in suits because they wanted to to uh, you know separate themselves from all the CG stuff that was happening yeah. and. 
We oh, went through so, so many drafts and so many drafts, and it just, you know, I think Iron Giant came out and I kind of put the kibosh on it for a while, and it was just, it was just, it was just frustrating. It's like so many things that you know you go through all like these these. It just didn't punch through. That's amazing. I really I can't believe how many drawings are in this book based on pitches. And I was like, I know you've pitched a bunch of shit, but I had think no about it idea. This way. Think about. about it. I, I told this to my parents actually today. It's like it's the most frustrating thing in the world because it's like, Dad, you know when you got your job, you. You put in your application, and you met with your would-be boss, and yeah. you proved yourself not to be an idiot, and they <laughs> hired you, and you worked at that job for a couple of years. You got promoted, and then you worked yeah. at that level for a couple of years. You got promoted again. You get a raise, and you work, work, yeah. work, 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 until you decide, I'm going to retire. You retire, and then you live your life. Well, when you're in this business, you pitch something and they go hmm can it be blue instead of red yeah i just don't know if i like the character can you give the character something that makes me like him oh yeah. well the villain doesn't really have a nice plot can you do this and this and this and this and this and this and then you go and you pitch again and you pitch again yeah. and you pitch again and you pitch again and they go okay we're ready to go we like it um now you're gonna pitch to my boss and so you pitch with pitch this thing that you've been working on for a couple of months um, or a couple of weeks and then a couple of what um, and then you pitch it to that person and then they go uh-huh uh-huh and they go you know what I would like it if it was blue it's <laughs> more topical or yeah. something more now do you do you think you could do that and then you know well okay I'll think about it and you come back and you pitch it again and then you pitch it and they go mm, you know we don't like this idea at all and then it's over with yeah and you just you look back I just spent like three months on this thing and you don't get paid for that. No. Uh, you know, but, or you could, you know, you get the job, you get the script, and you work on it for a year, and they go, hmm, <laughs> we're not interested in this idea anymore. We're going to go with this, this other idea because we got 15 other things in the works. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, and then when that's over with, you got to start the process all over again. Yeah, most people, average people work to retire. I, our industry is, your retirement is basically peppered in through your yeah. career. You're constant, it's constant. You work and finish something yeah. and you're basically retired until you find something else. And it's, and it's, it's like when you're on a TV show, you, I mean, like that's, that's actually pretty, was a pretty sweet deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like when we were, cause you get, you pitch the show. Yep. They go, uh-huh. Then you write the pilot. Uh. And then you... <laughs> that also happens. And then you uh, shoot the pilot. They test it. They have notes. You re-edit. And then they decide whether or not they put it on the air. They put it on the air. And, and then if it does well, they pick you up for episodes. And then you just kind of do the best you can. And we did that for five years. Yeah. With Sarah's show. It was awesome. Even though uh, five years, three seasons, and 20, 
four episodes? 32. 32 episodes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and three DVDs, which nobody makes money off of Five at years. all, except somebody. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I've seen a couple cents, pennies from that. More than I have. I haven't seen a dime from any DVD sales. I don't think Sarah has either. Yeah, we don't... Uh, we don't make residuals. That's another thing they don't Is there going to be a DVD for the third season? I have not heard anything about That's it. That's crazy. Which sucks because nobody saw the third season and it's our best season. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. I don't care what The Onion says. <laughs> I don't care what The AV Club says. That was our best season. It was great and it was just nobody knew about it. Nope. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we can still go kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no. We could always run away. Oh yeah, that was I told that was that, robbing my thing the I, whole time. I, like, I, I told that. I think I actually told that to Henry Winkler when we were working on Children's Hospital. I said because he, he was like, I was having a rough day. I was like really exhausted <laughs> or whatever. I was just like, and he goes, you know something? We get to take breaks. We get to sleep and wait until you're ready. You have to be on it. From the moment you yeah. come in to the time you go home, you've been here for twelve hours. Yes, and and, and I said, I, I said, you know, my friend Steve said, you know, we can always run away. Yeah, you know, and, and that actually, actually, that idea <laughs> has saved me so many times yeah, when the pressure when the pressure is on and you're yeah. just like, holy shit, everybody is looking for an answer and I don't know. <laughs> you have this image of your head in your head going. Fuck it, and just driving south, running down the hall, Mexico, and, <laughs> and you know that people would be stunned for probably like about five minutes before they realize he's running. He's, he's in his running car. away. I saw him leave he's the parking lot. He's not coming back, and that's enough time for you to make it across the border. Yeah, that was our thing during. I think it was just the last season of Sarah's yeah. show. Like you were really stressed out all the time, and I was yeah. like, dude. We can always just get in our car and, and fucking go to run another country. Away, and nobody would ever find us because no one would give a shit. We would be replaced in a day. No one people would be freaked out. They'd be mad for a little while, but then they'd be really scared. Like, be fine. Is he okay? Yeah. And then if you ever do come back, they'll be like, "Hey, man, you, are you fucking right? idiot! <laughs> you fucking moron! Look at all this shit! Look at the mess you made! You suck!" All right, let's talk. H Henry, about Wink the Henry Winkler was the nicest guy in the Henry world. Henry Winkler is the nicest person I've ever met. I, I, like Henry Winkler, um, who plays Cy on Children's Hospital on Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, when I first met him, and I told my mom. My parents are from Wisconsin. You know, yeah. they don't live in Milwaukee, but they're close enough to Where Milwaukee. Happy Days was We're set. Happy Days, okay. So there's actually a statue of Henry Winkler uh, in in like downtown Milwaukee. That's how really huge wow. It, it is. It's a big show. It's a big big deal. Yeah. So my mom told me she's never done this before. She said, "Do you think I could get an autograph? Do you wow. think I could get an autograph?" And I was like, "Ah." Yeah. Don't make me do that. Oh. oh, fuck. All right. And so she's never asked me before. So I, uh, you know, I go up to Henry and I say, hey, Mr. Winkler. And this is like week. Uh, this is like the second day, you know. I go, hey, my mom's a big fan. Do you think I could get an autograph or something? It would really make her day. You know, sorry to bother you or whatever. <laughs> Just being a total yeah. puss about it. Yeah. And he goes, well, let's call her. Yeah. 
I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. You have your her number, don't you? And I, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I do. And I got out my phone and I called my mom and I said, hey, Henry Winkler wants to talk to you. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And he talked to her for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then got her address. Yeah. And sent her an autograph. He's amazing. Yeah. I I came by the set one day while you like when you were directing your first episode in that season and and had to have lunch with you guys and then I met him and just briefly was like hey Henry I'm Steve you know and then like when I did an, my own episode like month like a month later easily yeah. a month or two later I'd only met him for a minute I came in. We weren't even in the same scene, but he was walking down the hall and saw me. He's like, hey, Steve. Yeah. How have you been? And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad you get to do something on the show. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Nicest guy you'll ever, ever, ever meet. Really, really, really approachable. Super nice guy. All right. Back to the book. Back to this. I don't want to give away too many, you know, spoilers about well, what's Well, I'm in the sorry. Book. I keep burping in the phone, but. That's all right. And this is on the phone, right? Oh, this one. Silverman. This is actually a, a, a project that we were working on um, called Nostradamus 2000, which yeah. was the pitch that right after Heat Vision and Jack. Robin Dan wrote Heat Vision and Jack, which, which is, is a cult phenomenon now. Yeah. It, probably anyone listening to this knows what probably, it is. Probably, you know, you can see it online or whatever, but it's one of those, it, it's one of those rare cases of, of something that... You know, we got a chance to do, and it was awesome. It's pretty fun, yeah. So anyway, like after Heat Vision and Jack got shit canned and wasn't picked up, people were like, "What do you got next?" And and we pitched this idea called Nostradamus Two Thousand, which was going to star. You know, we had a deal with with Jack Black, or we were working with the company that had a deal with him, and we pitched Jack this idea where he was going to play the. Um, the descendant of Nostradamus, who was a guy who could predict nice. predict the future. Yeah. And uh, we were going to have um, Jason Schwartzman was going to play uh, this, this young CIA or Secret Service agent that was teamed up with him. And it was going to be kind of like this, you know, X-Files. And we tried to ground it a little bit more. But, it, you know, in hindsight, it was just as ridiculous as yeah. uh, Heat Vision and Jack. But I thought it was kind of fun. And we tried to do, like, the more sellable version of Heat Vision and Jack, which, you know, just didn't exist. Right. But uh, in the book, there's all these robots called Silverman, which uh, I, I was draw <laughs> I came up with the idea when I was... Uh, I was, had like this huge crush on Sarah Silverman at the time, so I named him <laughs> Silverman. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really funny. What That's a, how old that is. This is. I mean, this is really and then, crazy. And then, and, then I, and then, like years later, I did a show with her, which is nuts. That's really weird how that all came about, yeah. too. By the way, like, yeah, the weird course of events. Like, I met Sarah because I got kicked out of the Groundlings and did a play. A friend of mine was like doing a play, and someone. Why dropped did you it. get kicked out of the ground? Did you stop paying them? I mean, no, they thought it, I was. They voted, and we're like, let's get rid of this d douche. What? That's how it is. I mean, I thought yeah. I thought with the groundlings, you just pay until until you up to a point, and then they have to vote, and then it's like, 
later. And I was really depressed. Who'd, and they, then, who'd they pick instead of you? Somebody I don't famous. Know. But Somebody I was in. I was in the same group as like Maya Rudolph, and yeah. I was there with Will Forte and all those guys. Yeah. Um, and they picked all of them. Why did they pick? And then you came to comedy sports. Well, you, <laughs> then what, you went to comedy sports. But that's where, how I we went met. through all these weird small improv theaters, and I had. Done a play that comedy was, sports was the only one that would have you. I would done a play that this guy wrote and like nobody saw. But then like months later, he was doing a play that Dave Juskow wrote. Dave uh-huh. is one of Sarah's best friends, and uh, they had a guy drop out of the play like on a drug bender like days before it started, and they needed uh. someone who could play guitar and like a com- comedic actor type guy. And so my friend like recommended me. I did the play and I met Sarah the opening night and we completely hit it off and bonded over panic attacks and became like best friends really quick. And, um, and that's, you know, the same time you and I were like, you know, and Harmon and all, all those people would make dumb little stupid videos of our balls and like, you know, fucking dolls and shit like that. Is that, and then you showed her Jaws 4. I showed Sarah one of Rob's videos and she was like, holy shit, this guy is genius. <laughs> That's. And that the, led to Rob. Directing, work, yeah. Robert. Jaws 4, it, it was, if you haven't heard of it or seen it, it's, uh, it was actually the, all, not only that, but it was like the creation, it was the beginnings of Channel 101. Yeah. Where, you know, like Harmon and Davis. Uh, Jeff Davis, who's uh, also a really good friend of ours, said, "Hey, we should. Wa- uh, we, you know, they they were having a conversation. I wasn't a part of this conversation, but I eventually was a part of the situation. <laughs> they were they were like talking about what was Jaws four about. We know that Michael Caine's in it. Yeah, we know that the shark is in it. But and they know it's Jaws for the revenge. Well, we used to." Get together and yeah. you at your house yeah. like once a month or whatever, and watch once a, a week. Watch once a, a week. Yeah, once a week. Once a week. Watch a movie. We rent a movie that none of us had ever heard of, right? And we'd all make videos, videos. or presentations based on what we thought the movie would be based then, on the and title. Then we would watch all these videos and then we would watch the movie and whoever got the closest won the respect of everybody yeah yeah and so but the the idea was you had to make the movie the little video that's when everybody had like a dv camera you know and that was cool or or whatever and this is all before youtube and you know channel 101 funny or die or whatever and we um and so like that morning i got really fucking stoned and i made this my version of jaws four where uh, my 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 dick was the, the shark. shark. <laughs> I, 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 I put little eyes on, on googly it. eyes, and you fucking taped a fin on with yeah. a number four on the fin. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then like Michael Caine was played by by an orange. I painted like sunglasses. Oh, not sunglasses, just like reading glasses on. Yeah, but Michael Caine sounded more like Bill Cosby. Yeah, than yeah, anybody. And then at the end... Catherine like, Deneuve was also an orange. Yeah, and then... <laughs> fucking retarded. But still, like... And I, it was because Michael Caine took Jaws 4's cereal. Right, right, right. And then and then, and then Jaws 4, like... <laughs> mouth-fucked uh, Michael Caine at the end of the... At the end of my short. And uh, it was probably... 
one of the funniest things I've ever done, but it's all shitty. If you yeah. get it, if you ever, it's online. It, actually, it, there was a clip of it on, on Sarah's show. Which episode was that? It's the... Oh, it, it was the... The same episode The Mongolian I'm, Beef yeah. episode. Season 2.5. Yeah, like... But, but comedy said... Here's the funny thing about it. We wrote in the script that Michael Caine was it was you know like made a reference to michael kane like you said like take a look at this idiot yeah and and brian goes why is that orange dressed up like michael kane but sounds like bill cosby yeah. and comedy central was like huh, we don't know about michael oh, yeah, kane he just Anthony doesn't Anderson. seem he doesn't seem like hip enough. Like no one will know what you're talking. No one about. will know what you're talking. Even though Michael Caine was in a movie with Batman, twice. and still continues to be like was an in Inception. Yeah, and- yeah. So we said, well, what about Anthony Edwards? And they went, oh, okay, that's great. Ugh. Whatever. So Jesus. if you watch it, it's not Michael Caine. It's Anthony Edwards. Which is so fucking. These are the notes you get. Uh, but whatever. Uh, but yeah. So. Sarah saw that and said, I want that guy to direct direct my show. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I, I knew what I was doing. Uh, dude, that and that's how, like, yeah. everything started. That's how Channel 101 started. Channel that's 101 how Sarah started. Silverman's show started. Yeah, it's Sarah, fucking in orange. Because Sarah, before the Sarah Silverman program, she was pitching a show to, I think, HBO. Uh, with Larry Charles from Seinfeld, Larry, one of the producers of Seinfeld, and um, I, I, you know, I heard about it. That, was but her I never and Paul that. Rudd. Really, I was in that one too. Kevin Corrigan, the uh, the from actor. Smashing Pumpkins. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> never mind. But yeah, that never went past a table. We did a table read once up in. Who wrote it? Did she write it? Sarah and Larry Charles wrote yeah. it. It was really funny. Why did they? Why did they pass on it? I have no idea. Uh, why does anybody pass on anything? Which leads. But us I back. thought I was going to be a big star. I was oh like, God! I was all, like, oh my God! We're doing a table that's read. That's the thing, you know, when you go, holy shit! I got a TV show. I'm going to be fucking rich, you know. And you're just like, and 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 people, you know, agents call you, go, hey Richie, how you doing, Rich? And you're yeah. like, oh shit! I'm going to be somebody, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm still living in my two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Well, that ain't gonna. That's gonna change soon. Yeah. No, not really. Not really. But let's get back to let's this. Let's get back to the book because this is. And we're not going to end on a depressing note. You promise me? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Okay. I mean, uh, we're great people. We're great people. <laughs> go. Go. Just page through and just whatever tickles your fans. Shark Hotel. A Shark Hotel. Shark Hotel was actually. Um, that's more recent, and I'm aware of that one. Shark Hotel uh, was. Well, before Shark Hotel, uh, Shark Hotel actually was a part of a horror comedy anthology that I pitched and wrote for Comedy Central right after the Sarah Silverman program. Yeah, like, like a year we were ago. still, we were even still on the air, and I was pitching this because you know I was seeing the writing on the wall that we most likely weren't going to get picked up. Um, so I pitched them uh, this horror anthology which was going to be like a comedic version of like Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side because I love like old school stuff like that. Yeah. And the conceit was um, 
that uh, the Midnight Dropbox, the, the the hub or like whatever would be like the Crypt Keeper segment was going to take place. The host segment. The, the host segment was not going to be in a haunted castle, but in an abandoned haunted um, video the, store. Yeah. And I wanted to have like Crispin Glover be the host of it. Yeah. And he would like and he would go. And tonight on the Midnight Dropbox. Yeah. We're gonna watch a uh, a, a tale that'll vibrate your vertebra called <laughs> <laughs> these not quotes from the show, but and he would hold up a video box called Shark Hotel, and each one of these, uh, uh, what I wanted to do was Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, every week, I didn't want to do something spoofy because I feel like that wouldn't have many many legs, but I wanted to do uh, an anthology that took the horror seriously, but cast like really funny people yeah. that, that, you know, like get, get somebody like Rob Corddry to, yeah. who could be the main character of this episode, but couldn't do a series with them because of obligations or, or whatever, yeah, yeah. or, you know, maybe Brilliant. get Simon Pegg to, yeah. to be in one episode of this. And I, I really wanted to kind of have that almost like, Ghostbusters like template of getting like a comedic person being in this supernatural situation treating yeah. the the yeah. horror albeit ridiculous horror but keep the horror serious like there was some scare moments in it yeah uh, but the comedic actor would lighten it up yeah and, yeah and there would be like these like kind of direct-to-video mini movies and the first episode was called Shark Hotel which was about a the ghost of a shark haunting a hotel and yeah. the bellboy which I wrote for uh, Rob Cordry. yeah uh, you love Rob Cordry. Cordry is a, 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 he's a gem he's a national he's treasure a, he's a hilarious person and he's bald and his first name is Rob so very similar <laughs> yeah what's yeah. there not to like <laughs> yeah he's kind of like I my Johnny think, Depp I didn't even think about that but yeah you guys are very similar yeah uh, but he uh, but I thought he would be great, and I thought the script turned out really, really good. And it was, great. It, it was I thought it was funny and scary yeah. and, and and different and unusual. And I had such high hopes for it, but it just you know there was too many things working against it. Uh, like television nowadays doesn't like anthology shows, even though some of the you know Twilight Zone is one of the greatest television shows that's ever yeah. existed Outer Limits is one of the greatest shows that ever existed yeah. you know like Tales from the Crypt lasted seven seasons you know like yeah all there's the, a reason they lasted it's yeah it's a fucking great idea yeah and you know I just wanted to and I thought like Comedy Central really needed to diversify in is programming rather than doing like kind of like these similar shows and I think there is you know every time they show Shaun of the Dead their ratings go through the roof yeah and uh, and I thought well let's tap into that market and they you know between the anthology and for some reason ho uh, Hollywood hates the name the 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 idea of, of an horror anthology. comedy yeah. of horror comedy they go oh horror comedy doesn't work doesn't work well, doesn't there's, work there's one coming out that I just did an episode of for MTV called Death Valley which is horror comedy and I think it could be awesome what is it is that the what is it I've heard about Spider that. One created it the guy uh, Rob Zombie's brother uh -huh. and um, his name is Spider One Spider yeah and he uh, 
obviously not his real name, but really nice no, guy. I bet you it is. If his really brother's nice. name is Rob Zombie. <laughs> really nice guy. And the show is just really funny. It happens in the San Fernando Valley, hence the name Death Valley. And it's it it starts up kind of like what I liked about Heat Vision and Jack. It starts up into the series like yeah. a year after zombies werewolves vampires start popping up in the san fernando valley this is a year later and people don't know where they came from but it's just a part of the valley now they've accepted it and um like the police force couldn't handle it and so now there's a task force oh is this like i think i heard about this it's like cops but with monsters yes okay that's cool and uh, i had such a fucking great time. I played a porn director on one episode of a werewolf episode and it was fucking awesome. I think, I think, and I think if it does well, I think it could open the door for other horror comedies. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's a fucking, it's, it's so hard because here's, here's the thing that I'm, you know, I hope I'm completely wrong, but I keep hearing, I, cause I, you know, I, I check, box office mojo and I read IMDb yeah. and I read the trades and stuff like that just to get an idea of like can you at least tell me what the market is looking for yeah. and most of the time it is we don't know we don't know we don't know but they keep throwing around this word niche or niche or I don't yeah. know how you pronounce it but and and I'm hearing it more and more and ever since like Scott Pilgrim versus the word world. I hear this more and more that you know, like that's niche, yeah, which is a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Niche movies don't work. That means when you aimed at a specific group of people that love this stuff to death, you know, like but a smaller group of people. Yeah, they want something that's just going to be across the board. Ugh. Get that small group, get your mom and dad, and Ugh, get, fuck. you know. And it just made me go, you and I, our taste, what we love, yeah. we're completely in the minority. We're off we the charts. We are completely in the minority, and it's and it's and it's frustrating because you go, well, what do you want? What do you want? Let me try, because I, I like to create stuff yeah. when I have, like... But they don't know what they want. Nobody knows what they want. We just want something that everyone can enjoy. But if you go, well, you know, it's a horror comedy. They go, that's, that's, I've already been programmed that horror comedies don't work. That's nerds. Yeah. Even though Scream, Tremors, Ghostbusters, you know. Yeah, it can work, you fucking It can work when you do it right, just like any other movie. That's like saying... Romantic comedies don't work, or the or slapstick comedy. I mean, it's just a different type of comedy. What is this one? The Blood Driven. Blood Driven. Uh, Blood Driven was a. It's it's something that I'm actually you know working on right now. Possibly going to maybe do a comic book of it. I've always wanted to do a um, like a car chase comic because I love car chases and yeah, I, I think yeah, they're very visceral and there's yeah. a lot of action in it and and there's a lot of destruction possibilities of it and I wanted to do uh, this story about a guy that finds a vampire car it's a car that runs on blood can only be driven at night awesome uh, uh, it it uh, if it drives behind you, it can't you can't see it in the rearview mirror. They're just just little things like that. Yeah, and uh, um, awesome. I just wanted to do something like that. It can drive up the side of the wall. You know, it's just and I have kind of like a beginning, middle, and end that I'm really 
excited about and it's kind of fun and it's that kind of scud heat vision and jack level of wackiness but so stupid it's yeah kind of inspired and whatever at this which is something that i tend to do a lot you know it's <laughs> something that's so dumb that it's almost clever and I, I, I have to add i mean these are all amazing ideas but you really you have to see these fucking photos these are all sketches based on characters or monsters from these fucking movies and they're fucking amazing yeah but 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 you know it's like one of those things that you know i mean like that's definitely in the plot pile of really passionate about it but is it really sellable it's kind of a wacky niche kind of movie you know drive angry just came out and it totally tanked which was i know i went to see it with a bunch of people we had a great time because it was ridiculous we like ridiculous and i i like things that don't realize how ridiculous they are and I love over the top and stuff but the rest of the world doesn't they look at that and they go oh this is a bad movie and I can't wait to see a bad movie because then I can tell everybody how stupid it is and not to see it I like shit I like movies like that that are fucking just don't take themselves seriously I like just going and having fun at a fucking movie yeah that's why I like old it's sad because like you know I just went to see uh, Crack House the new Beverly yeah, which is a part of um, like their grindhouse uh, a month, month that yeah. Tarantino is programming. And oh, is he in charge of all the uh, yeah picking the movies? Well, it's his birthday month, <clears throat> so he this is these are all of his like personal prints that he and oh, and it's you're watching these that's amazing you're watching these movies that aren't available on DVD, aren't available anywhere that were shown at like you know at 42nd street and at yeah. the, uh, you know he, he, like the grindhouses that we don't have anymore no. and he, he actually in the first showing of it he came out and talked about about like that and and crack house was to him was the best exploitation movie of the year in, 19, 80, in 89, 89 yeah but also 89 was the last yeah year of the grindhouse yeah like because 1990 showed up and everything went direct to video that's crazy to me too because i didn't i didn't realize honestly that grind it house went that long for me in my head it, it went stopped the in the 50s, 70s no it went from the 50s with like uh like the rebel biker culture yeah. to nazi the, hell bikers yeah, yeah yeah like all that stuff like rebel without a cause was actually like a, a sort of a grindhouse yeah. movie um you know uh and then like in the 60s with all like the trip with jack nicholson and yes. easy rider and then or is that that's probably 70s but then but in the 70s then they got more like in that horror yeah there was tons of horror and then 80s was it was slowly the video coming, and it was more coming video. to a yeah like home video kind of killed it the same way like home video killed pornography yeah uh, and 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 now it's now now the internet is killing pornography and and yeah. direct to video stuff yeah so but you know back then at least those movies had a chance of getting made you know you would have like you know if I were to like Death Race two thousand the Roger Corman put that out yeah. you know he got a star and you know it's not. It, it's a cheap movie, but it's a fun movie. That's the thing. And we watch exists. those movies at your house, and we're like, 
why can't we make a movie like this? It's like, well, you can, but no one will ever see it. It yeah, will never you won't get, get it seen. distributed. You just, you know, and it's just, it's like one of those things where you go, it, it, it is, it is harder. You know, there's more between Netflix yep. and a thousand channels on cable and the internet. There's more places to show your stuff. Yeah, but. It seems like a smaller window. It really is. Well, and it's just also the internet is just diluted. Like you don't even know where to go to find yeah, half the good yeah. stuff. You now. can't even go. You can't even treat it like a television because there's just like, what do you type in? Uh, something good. If you go to Yahoo or not Yahoo, but YouTube and type in Grindhouse, people are now smart enough to they'll tag their shit Grindhouse when it's not yeah. just to get seen. Yeah. It's like adding Britney Spears or Charlie Sheen to a tag. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I don't know how uh, it's going to be real interesting in the next ten years. What's going to happen? Because do you even like do you, you you still have TiVo, right? Yeah. Do you use it a lot? It's pretty much all. If I'm going to watch shit, yeah. I have to do it through TiVo because I, I don't, don't even sit. use TiVo anymore. I just watch Netflix. Netflix is watch. huge, yeah. and Apple TV for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you know Hulu, Netflix Instant Watch, you know Apple TV. I think you know a way to look at entertainment. Um, I think it might. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we might want to look at radio as the way. We look at yeah. our entertainment like you'll watch TV like you listen to the radio and here's a scene from this show. Here's yeah. a scene from this show. Here's a scene about yeah. this show. And you go, hmm, that that looks kind of cool. I think I'll buy that album, but yeah, I'll yeah. buy that series or buy or rent that movie or the internet's changed everything. Like all the blockbusters are going out of business now. Yeah. There's like the physical stores are just all yeah. no one's buying video in stores no. anymore. No, no, no. DVDs, like if you go to Best Buy, the smallest section now at DVDs at, is DVDs. It's like oh, why buy shit. it if you can get it for free online? If you think of a movie in your head, ah, Jesus <laughs> Christ, that scared the shit out of me. Ellen Page just came. She is my neighbor, and she just came up to the window. I saw a face in the window, and I was like, I don't want to look because I think there's a boogans outside. No, she just come back here. Come back here. Hey, Ellen, I'm this Rob. is Rob. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. You scared the shit out She's of me. She's my neighbor, yeah. Rob, and she just popped in <laughs> and scared the shit out of you. When you were standing... Yes, thanks. So it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Ellen's too. a big fan of the Sarah Silverman show. No, nah, really. Okay. No one is. Have a seat on the floor, Ellen. Okay. There's no other chair. Sorry. sorry we're just wrapping no, no, things no. up. Can I sit on this? Yeah, it's Just the ahead. printer. Just I swear to God, when your face, I out of the corner of my eye, I thought <laughs> I saw a face, and, and in my head, I was like, "There's nobody up there's here." There's a, I think I saw, I think I saw Boogans in the in the window. <laughs> your face went completely blank, like just pale when, yeah. and I, I was like, "Oh, Ellen. I thought for sure we were being haunted, but thank God we're not. Um, what were oh yeah, the internet destroying um, everything, and no video anymore. Right, right. Let's end with the book, just because yeah, yeah. that's my whole thing. Well, when the book is called But I Can't Do Anything Else, The Art of Rob Schraub, and it's a book of his drawings that are all based on pitches. Correct. Um, throughout, probably spanning 10, ten, ten or more years. years. Yeah. And uh, when does it actually come out in stores? It comes out April 6th, and then, uh, uh, but I'm doing a, um, 
a book release party at Meltdown, Meltdown which I'm Comics, hoping yeah. you can be at. I will be performing there. Meltdown Comics, uh, every once in a while, does like these stand-up nights where they get comedians to do stand-up there. But we're going to do something like that for the release of my book. And everybody's invited. You can find all this out. I mean, follow Rob on Twitter. It's yeah. it's going to be Rob on the fourteenth. Yeah, it's going to be on the fourteenth. April fourteenth is going to be uh, that Thursday at Meltdown. At Rob Schraub, RobSchraub dot com. Right, you still have your I website. I have Rob dot com, and I'm on Facebook and Facebook, Twitter. Facebook, and I'll be tweeting about it and yeah. Facebooking about it also. Yeah. So um, yeah. get the book, the drawings. The book is a hardcover book. It's like fifty six pages long. It's in color, and it's an oversized book too. So it's a good coffee table. Good coffee look table. At. Look at this, Ellen. This is out of control. Yeah, it's out you of got control. a yeah, Ellen Page. Just said it. This is out of control. That's okay. Put it we on. Kind of put her on the spot. Though, <laughs> no, no, no. It's amazing. No, it's, she's rolling secret, her eyes. I have a secret hatred for people who can draw. Oh shit! I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So keep an eye out. Go get it. It's amazing. Trust me. And thanks, Rob, for coming in. Oh, thanks. Thanks. See, we ended on a positive note. Yeah. No dying. No. Talking. No dying. Oh, I don't want to even bring no, it no, back. No, no. We're we're gonna we're gonna live. We're gonna live. Well into our late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Which is tomorrow. All yeah. right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rob. And uh, we'll catch you all later. Bye. Was that like three hours long? I'm still recording. Oh, shit. <laughs>